Good morning. My name is Chad Puckett. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is a it is a joy to to get to stand here on Easter morning and celebrate with you guys. But it's also one of those days in which uh, we're just really honored to have each of you here. Uh, we're thankful for you. We get to meet a lot of family and friends and different people that uh, we haven't seen. Even folks that, uh, because of COVID and circumstances around, this is your first Sunday with us. And so I, I just want you to know we're really honored that you're here and, and we're thankful for each part of it. I, I just want to take a second before we jump into all this and, and I want to pray for you and I want to ask you to pray for me in this time and that we, we wouldn't just go through another religious kind of uh, exercise, but that we'd actually meet with the living God. So if you would, just take a second with me. Father, uh, we need you. And we ask you to meet us. We ask that that you would move us past uh, just kind of head knowledge and and things that we, we feel like we're supposed to do or be today. And I pray that you'd meet with us. I pray that you would stir our hearts. I pray that, that, that each one here would experience your love in, in a fresh way, maybe for the first time. And so I pray that for this group of people. I pray that for myself. And, and we simply ask God that you would do what only you can do, which is work in our hearts. And so we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, Easter is, of course, a big day in the church. It is a big day on the church calendar. It's something that, uh, that we, we recognize as something on the calendar, even if you don't go to church regularly. It's, it's one of those days in, in which could really just be kind of a sugary day. And I mean that in terms of like peeps. It, it, you kind of break down into you're either a peeps person or you're not a peeps person. But there's no kind of like, yeah, I kind of like that. I can take it or leave it. It's like you either like those and you ride for it or no, man, I'm out. I'm out on peeps. Uh, Easter can be kind of a sugary day in, in terms of candy and peeps and everything like that. Uh, but it's also a sugary day in just like behavior and distractions. Like we can get caught up in lunch or caught up in pictures, caught up in, in looking a certain way on Easter. And yet we're also confronted with this monumental world-changing truth claim that is at the very heart of Easter. At, at, the, at the center of the Christian faith is this historical claim that we're not running from, we're not trying to put off to the side, we're, we're not uh, dismissing it. Someone mentioned earlier, like, this is something that we celebrate each and every time that we gather. That 2,000 years ago, there was a man, Jesus Christ, who lived he died, and he rose again. Like, that is the claim at the center of it, and that is absolutely the, the center point of Christian, uh, not just history, but Christian life, and, and nothing moves past that. It, it actually moves through that alone, and, and that's monumental, and if all we catch are like, hey, we've got to dress a certain way for Easter, or we've got to get enough candy or do something, or what's in your basket, if that's all it is, then it's just another sugary day. It's just another thing. For me as a kid, uh, I grew up and Easter was about the only day I went to church. There were, there were those other kind of one-offs. There were the weddings and the funerals and, and the occasional time I got shoved into something. But Easter was really the day. And I remember it vividly because I, I, maybe you were like me, and I remember the clip-on tie that I was forced to wear on Easter. 
I, I'm still slightly triggered by that. I have all sorts of things that come up in my heart. And the clip-on tie that I had to wear on Easter, I remember also kind of like putting my arm on the back of the seat and getting it kind of moved back by my family. And, and like, no, that's not how we sit here in this place. That's not how we do things. I remember like just being a kid and slumping over and like, no, we sit up on Easter. This is what we do. And, and the, the church that we went to as a kid, had, the offering was right here at the begin, at the front of the service. And, and I was the one that was shoved up to go kind of walk to that. It was right in front of everyone. And I remember just like, oh no, they're going to see me. They're going to find out about this. And so I, for Easter, for me, was this like traumatic experience as a kid of, of sitting up. I knew I was very well versed in religion and, and the things that kind of went along with religion. I was focused on like, I hope no one finds out about my sin. I hope, I hope no one recognizes that I'm a real mess in this place. And, and, and I, I was just, I was all about like stopping my sin and kind of behavior change. And yet Easter and faith is all centered around seeing this living risen one, seeing God. Religion is about stopping your sin, and yet faith, faith in Jesus is about seeing God. This, this one who is risen. Think of it like this. Think about faith in, in this sense. Uh, like, uh, you know a balloon. We could blow up a balloon right here, and there, there are kind of two ways for a balloon to be filled up. One is just as I described. Like, I could put my mouth on it. I could breathe into it, and then how does that balloon stay afloat? It has to get kind of smacked around, right? Every one of us has played that game at some point where you just kind of smack around the balloon and see how long you can keep it up. And for many of us, that's how we approach faith. And then we think that we're just going to try really hard. We're going to blow up our balloon and hopefully it'll be really big and everyone will see it. And then we come to church and we get smacked around or someone in our life kind of smacks us around to do better, try harder, get, uh, get this out of your life or get this in your life. And it's just a series of kind of getting smacked around to stay afloat. And yet we, we recognize that there's another way of, of a balloon being filled up, and that is with helium being put into the balloon. And then what happens? There's no need to smack it around. This external thing is put into the balloon, and it floats. See, religion, religion for all it can do it just keeps smacking us around. And yet God, in the message of Easter, and the message of what we come to, to faith through, is that this external God has come into our life and everything changes. And that's kind of what we want to look at, that life is messy, uh, life is hard, and, and, and real life uh, gets, it get, it brings all sorts of things our way, and religion does not have an answer for that. Religion does not have an answer for those dark days, for those messy spots, for those areas in which we, we feel like we can't either let go of or pry our hands off of or are attached to us in ways that we just can't do anything about. Religion really has no answer for those things, and that's where God actually does have an answer for it. 
And the resurrection actually speaks to that. And that there is one who has conquered death and one who meets us in our mess and one who has overcome life and death and pain and is actually able to step into all of it. That same one who breathes life into us and that same one who can meet us in our mess even right here today. This past week, uh, my father, this past week, my father passed away. And I've spent the better part of the last few weeks uh, at his bedside. We, we spent uh, almost all week right there wrestling with those decisions, praying with him, talking uh, with my mother. And, and this past week, he passed away. He had been sick for a long time. And ultimately, it was really clear that he just wasn't going to win this fight. And standing there in that room, standing right there at his bedside, I want you to know my hope was not in religion. My hope wasn't in how well he sat at church when he went. My hope wasn't in how, how nice he could clean up his life. My hope was only that there is one who has conquered death and who has raised again. And we have these spots in our life. We have these areas that are, are, are beyond just cleaning ourselves up. They're beyond polish. They're, they're beyond pretense. They're beyond uh, what we can manage. There's no amount of blowing into this balloon that will answer those dark spots. And we need, we need the one who has conquered to meet us in those moments. And that's exactly why we're here. That's exactly why we're, we're in this passage. And so if you have your Bible, uh, I would love for you to turn to John chapter 11. It's exactly what we get to talk through. It, hope cutting through religion and, and beauty coming to where we least expect it. It's this story of a resurrection, though not the resurrection that maybe we're thinking about. It's a story of Jesus actually stepping into a death and not maybe the one that you're, you're thinking about this morning. But I just want to kind of spoil the end for you a little bit is that this actually uh, prepares us so much for the Easter morning and what we get to talk about. So in John chapter 11 is this story of Lazarus. Lazarus is sick. We, get, we, we were told that at the beginning, and this is what we read as a church. Lazarus is sick, and what we, we get from the text is that Lazarus is, is in some measure a friend of Jesus. We don't understand all of how that works out, but Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha, and, and this family are, are friends of Jesus. Lazarus is at the end, and the sisters have called out to Jesus, and, and there's just a, a really hard season for all of them. And yet the text tells us that it wasn't until four days after they called, four days after Lazarus was in the tomb that Jesus arrived. Catch that. Friends of Jesus cried out and said, please come, and it was Four days after he died, that Jesus showed up. And, and here's why I bring this up. Because we feel like this, don't we? We feel like there, maybe you're here and you feel like there are areas in your life that you've been begging God to meet you in and he hasn't answered you. 
That maybe you, there are spots in your life where you've been asking God, like, step into this. God, take this from me. This hurt or this pain or this circumstance or this situation. And you've been asking God and praying to God. And maybe you're someone and you're like, I'm not even sure I believe, but I'm going to cry out to him anyway. And you're asking, you're saying, God, if you're real, would you show up? And you're sitting here this morning and you feel like maybe you feel that God hasn't shown up. This passage shows us that Jesus has not ignored them. He hasn't ignored them. He, he is not absent, though it's how it might feel. He, he is doing far more than they could ever imagine. And here's the crazy thing, is that Jesus will show up. And when he does, he changes everything. He changes everything. And so look at it with me. Verse 20, starting in verse 20, we're going to read this together. And so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. You see, uh, Martha went and Mary's like, no, nah, I'm going to stay here. And we don't exactly know the feelings that were going on, uh, but we could guess, we could kind of, we could think about how people would be feeling in it. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. This, I mean, this could be us. Lord, if you had been, if you had been there in my marriage, if you had been there with my kid, if you had been there and with my cancer, and with you fill in the blank on this. God, if you had just been there, if you had shown up in this. And I want you to notice right here, I want you to notice the answer and in this conversation, how it plays out. Because it, it isn't just an answer for Martha in this moment. It's actually an answer for us. And whatever, whatever you're walking in here carrying this morning, this is an answer for us on Easter Sunday. And this is an answer for us on a normal Wednesday morning uh, during our year. This is an answer for the everyday spaces and places where we find ourselves and we feel like God missed the moment to speak to us. And what we see is that God didn't miss anything. He didn't miss any of it. And so picking it up in verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. See, she responds with her head knowledge. She responds with the, the religious answers that she, she got in Sunday school, and she knows this to be true. And there's faith in here, too. I think, there, I think we could say there's real faith in this. But she responds here, and Jesus is speaking right to her heart. He's like, your brother will rise again in, in ways that she could not even have really fathomed and dreamed about. Like, I, I'm not even sure she could comprehend comprehend what Jesus is talking about is she just goes right back to the sit up straight and the clip on tie answers of religion and she says yes I know that and there's a day coming in which those things are going to happen and Jesus goes right to the heart Jesus seems to to look her in the eyes and cut through all the religious talk and he says this in verse 25 Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never 
die. Do you believe this? And that's a question that kind of rings through the ages. (laughs) Jesus looks at her and he looks at us and he says, I am the hope. I am your hope in death. I am your hope in your pain. I am your hope in what you're carrying. I am your hope in in that thing that you feel like you cannot control. I am your hope and it it is I who bring life to these things. Do believe that. He cuts through all the smoke screens and, and catch it on just the moment that they're in. Jesus looks her in the eyes and he says, I am the resurrection. It's not some far off thing. It is a person. And nothing in her circumstance had changed at that point. Lazarus is still in the tomb. She's still standing there. The, the only thing that has changed is that Jesus has shown up. And he steps into their sadness. And this is where the, this whole passage kind of walks us through. He steps into their sadness and their grief and their pain. And he doesn't just like, from a standoff clinical perspective, he, he doesn't just do that. He actually meets them and sits with them in it. And we have this beautiful line that says, he wept. Jesus wept. He knows what she's going through. And so we we pick it up in verse 38. It says, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. In verse 39, Jesus said, Take away the stone. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God. Again, they're standing outside it. The, the thing that's changed is that Jesus is here and, and, and now he's asked that the stone would be rolled away and he turns back to her and he says, did I not tell you that you would see the glory of God? And in verse 43, we get this. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice and he says, Lazarus, come out. And so on Easter morning, we have this moment in which Jesus at a tomb, the, the, the stone has been rolled away, and Jesus cries out, Lazarus, come out. And this brings us right to the Easter morning. And that first Easter morning, except it was Jesus in the tomb, and there was no army of people who rolled away the stone. Jesus is there And he moves. And if you think about that morning, you think, like, the disciples uh, were stirring, but not expecting. And the, the people, so much of life was just kind of moving on, but no one was expecting that that stone was going to be rolled away. And no one was expecting that that Jesus would not be in there. And, and maybe... Maybe that is what you and I need need to hear and experience this morning. Jesus showing up where none of us expect. 
Jesus showing up at, at moments and in spaces that we, we just don't expect him to show up. Uh, Jesus has not abandoned you. And maybe that's what you need to hear this morning. Is that you're in your four days, so to speak. And, and you're wondering where Jesus is. And, and you need to hear that Jesus has not abandoned you. He's not missed the moment in your life. He's not waiting for you to clean yourself up. He's not uh, going to stand over you and smack you around with religion and and tell you to get your act together before he he meets you and brings life. And many of us think that that the gospel of, of Jesus living, dying, and raising paying the price for our sin. Many of us think that that is simply the entry point to Christianity. And I I just need you to hear that that is every step we take. That is every step along this road. That is every step and every day. It isn't just on Easter. It is every moment of what we're carrying. You see, so often what we do, what I can do, what, what, what we do as people is we fall into these traps of religion. And, and one, one author that I was reading refers to it as uh, a, a rose stapling technique. And that we just try to kind of staple on all these roses on our shirts so that we look more presentable and that we, we actually look like all cleaned up. And, and, and it smells good and it looks good and people like roses, right? And so we just kind of staple all of these things on ourselves to, to look better to those around us while nothing inside has actually changed. And most of, most of our strategies for cleaning ourselves up amount to little more than just stapling roses to ourselves. And, and hear me, disciplines, actually uh, things changing in our behavior and our decision making, those all have their place. They all, they all have a space in it in our life and what it looks like to follow Jesus. But apart from God breathing life into into this heart and into your heart, no amount of roses, no amount of smacking around, no amount of religion will make any bit of difference. Only the truths of the gospel that Jesus came that he was crucified and rose again can, can change a heart turned in on itself to know life, fullness. And I want you to see, as, as we kind of step back in our verses, Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this? And I want you to see her answer. In verse 27, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. Remember, nothing had changed in her circumstance at that point. Nothing had changed in her surroundings. Nothing nothing was different. Jesus showed up and she's looking at Jesus and, and she sees a whole different landscape. Yes, I believe. I, I'm not sure that there's a greater confession in scripture than this one right here. I'm not sure that there's a a confession that we read in scripture uh, bigger than hers. You see, Lazarus will rise. 
the verses to follow, Lazarus will rise. Life will return to his body. Jesus stands there and he will say, Lazarus, come out. And it will happen. It will happen. Because God is is doing more and is more than she could ever have imagined. Lazarus will rise. He won't be smacked around by why he looks so bad. He's not going to get beat up. He's not going to have to try to make himself float, and he couldn't possibly make himself rise from the dead. It was all grace. It was all God. It was all his doing because Jesus didn't just rise from the dead. He is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? When we talk about resurrection and we talk about restoration, when we talk about God doing this work, it isn't just some stained glass term that we use. It's actually that God at work is making all things new. He's restoring these things. There, one day will be no more sickness and, and no more cancer and, and no more suffering and no more pain. There will be no more sin that God is actually at work. And we think, like, is that the fullness of that, what happened in Lazarus. No, we have this glimpse in Lazarus' life of God raising him from the dead. Just put yourself in Lazarus' shoes for the days marching forward. Do you think that he, he sat with Jesus differently? Think those conversations were different? And yet we know that uh, one day Lazarus will die. That Lazarus was still a flawed person. But Lazarus knew Jesus and everything changed in his life. You see, standing, standing there at that hospital bed, I noticed something and, I, and several of you were with us through this and I was thankful uh, for, for you. And I, I noticed something in that room, this really small cramped space and, and I was standing there uh, alongside the bed, and you could look up on the wall, and there was a crucifix on the wall. And in that moment, I, I remember standing there praying for my father and, and asking God to meet him, and not because he could clean himself up or, or had ever cleaned himself up, but simply by God's grace that he would meet him. And, and looking at the crucifix, I was reminded that my hope is not just that someone went and died. But that someone rose again. That that someone conquered death. I'm reminded of this quote from N.T. Wright. And he says, the resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom. It's the decisive event demonstrating that God's kingdom really has been launched on earth as it is in heaven. And the message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ and that you are are now invited to belong in it. And so, if you feel like you are, are living in death and darkness, Jesus is calling out to you to come to him for life. 
And just as he stood there outside that tomb, he said, Lazarus, come out. I believe that in your death, in the the spaces in which you are carrying, in those areas in which you feel alone or abandoned or, or, or that, God, how is this happening? That this God is calling to you. And there, there are three responses to that. There's, there's three responses in here in which we're, we're actually called to walk in. And one is repentance. That we would stop and say, God, like, I, I know that in ways large and small, I, I make myself the center of all of this. And, and I'm simply saying, I don't understand all of it, but God, you are Lord. And, and I repent and I want to follow you. There's a repentance and there's this belief, believing that that Jesus is more than just a nice teacher. Believing that Jesus not only went to the cross, but now he is alive. And he is asking you to come to him. And finally, there, there's a third one, and this, these don't just, they're, they're not just one-time things. I, like, I have to turn to God and confess and repent all the time, and I have to actively work to believe, and I have to actively work, the third thing, to follow after Jesus. He says, come and follow after me. Becoming a disciple, learning and relearning uh, from Jesus what it looks like to walk in this world is an everyday process and something that is always at work in our life. And so just as Jesus showed up for Mary and for Martha and in such a real way with Lazarus, he is showing up in your life as well. Easter is Jesus shockingly meeting us, shockingly showing up in our need, in our brokenness, in our hurt, in those dreams that we had that feel like they're anything but real today, and shockingly showing up in our need for a Savior. He's done it for Mary. He's done it for Martha. He's done it right here in this text for Lazarus. He's throughout history has done it for countless other people and he can do it in your life as well.